This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. I call my wife. This is an emotional time, right? Big deal. He says, well, um, I'm afraid when you go home and turn on the TV and Sports Center, you're going to see some information about me that perhaps we need to talk about before right. that happens. And so I you know instantly... She starts crying. Oh, yes, because I thought he was. He thought he was fired too. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I went winless. Welcome to Kelly Earnhardt Miller's Fast Lane Family, presented by Wella Professionals. Salon care products that you can experience with your senses. Get high performance you can see, touch, and sense. Welcome to this week's episode of Fast Lane Family. I hope everybody is coming off a great Easter holiday and some time with your families. And uh, many of you could possibly be on spring break this week like uh, we are. Later on this show, I'm going to tell you about a new line of products from Wella called Elements. I'm so excited about this line, and I'll, I'll share that in our Tip of the Week segment. Right now, I want to bring in a couple of guests that I've known for, for quite a while, I guess. Really excited to catch up today with Steve and Trish Latart. So, first off, how did you and Steve meet? We'll start with Trish on this one. Yeah. Well, this is fun because we get two counts. It's like the so newlywed game. Do who, I need to stand right. outside with a headset on? Right. Yeah. Right. Let's see if I can get this correct. Okay, so Steve was a friend of my brother's. My brother was working in NASCAR as an engineer for Goodyear. So he worked on the tires as an engineer, and at that time, Stevie was the tire specialist for Jeff Gordon. So they became very good friends. And every time I came to the racetrack, which wasn't a lot, my brother would always say, Hey, have you met my friend Steve? And I'd say, Yes, I have. (laughs) Nice to see you. And so I think I met him how many times? Three, four and after a while, I started to get no really problem. pissed off, right? That I was like, dude, I've, you've met me how many times and you don't remember meeting me? I later learned that when he's at the racetrack, he has a, you know, very the focused. Blonders. Yes. Yep. And, um, and that was most of the time when I met him. Later, I ended up meeting him on my brother's boat. That's he, where you hit it off? Well, he asked The blonders me. were down. <laughs> yeah, right. He was free-flowing. Right. I had different <laughs> goggles on. Yes. <laughs> and I wasn't he, at work. I was away from work. He asked me if I had ever been on a motorcycle. He had a motorcycle. I told him I had never been on one. Then he asked me if I wanted to go for a motorcycle ride, and that was our first date. Can you can you date this time-wise? How long ago was this? Okay. How long so you guys been married together? Well, we've been together 15 years. Okay. And this was the day after he turned 20. I know. I have to remember that you're not that old. 35. <laughs> what she no, didn't tell you about all me. that is, that all sounds pretty factual, but what she didn't tell you is, where did we go on the date? What did we do on our date that really sold it? Right. So he took me on his motorcycle to Applebee's in Concord. And we had one it's of those better. deep, like, skillet cookies with the ice cream and the hot fudge. It's all in dessert. That's what I've learned. It's and all in I dessert. said, oh, my goodness, I love him. <laughs> See? And you learned that at 20. <laughs> See, my I'm goodness. You, I was a quick learner. <laughs> all right. So I was wondering how Syracuse, New York, Maine, that's, all this. That's how it all that's matched how together. The brother is the, the integral part here. That's of right. How you yes. two crossed paths because you were in law school in yes. New York. No match for Steve, I'm sure, when it comes to that. No, no. <laughs> She's my whole life's kind of like a deposition. You know, I've learned to just yes, no, I don't recall. <laughs> be very careful of the lengthy pause. You know, the lengthy pause where they expect for you to just expand on it and just sit there and be quiet. No. No. So, yeah. So I started visiting my brother. He moved here in 1996, and I started visiting him and realized wow, there's this beautiful place, and what am I doing in Syracuse, New York, that has no sunshine, and it's very dreary and cold and lots of snow. Um, So right out of law school, I had a job, and I moved here. So you came to North Carolina. Steve um, is living in North Carolina since 1994. You moved here with your family from moved here. What brought you guys to North Carolina? My dad. So my dad built race cars in Maine. He built them for what was then the Bush North and um, the ACT Tour, which is the late model tour, and he was recruited for years, really, to come to – the South and build in the Cup Series, and my grandmother actually lived with us forever, and she had some health problems. And then when she no longer was with us, then he, we packed the family up and moved to North Carolina. I actually moved the day of the inaugural Brickyard. I remember listening oh. to the Brickyard in '94 as we drove down the interstate, which so Jeff Gordon won, which he went it's on it's to weird. work and for. I, right? I was, and I, we moved in next to Ray Everham, and he was my neighbor, and he gave me my shot sweeping floors a little over a year after that, and. And that was kind of it. That's I mean, who knew at sixteen that I was going to find a real job? Yeah. So that 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 was in my little notes here. You started mowing a raised lawn as yes, his neighbor. I did. Then that turned into your opportunity at Hendrick. It did. Ray and I had a, a unique relationship where Monday afternoon I raced go karts and he obviously raced cup cars, and we would stand at the fence and BS about it like they were the same. 
You know, he was like, oh, how'd your race go? Oh, this happened and that happened. How'd your race go? And he would tell me. And we just had this connection. And I think, um, you know, I just became his friend. I'm sure my dad asked and pulled some strings or whatever he had to do. And I got to be the cleanup kid, which I, I never left. So it took, took 20 years for him to run me off. I just think it's totally fascinating that you were able to start your career at 17, end your career, not end your career, but you're, you're retired. That's what I call it. Well, you're, your motorsports mechanic, yep. crew chief, yep. whatever you want to call that piece of it, career. Yep. At 35, I mean, really, who gets that opportunity to right. work in the sport that long, doing what you love, and still just be 35? It's crazy. It I really mean, is. No, there I are 35 year olds out there that are still trying to right. have that, complete right. that dream. No, right? it's, um, you know, it's that balance of, I was really, really lucky to get a yeah. few opportunities. And, and, you know, Jeff Gordon really is the guy that said, hey, I want – you know, he could have had anybody in the world be his crew chief when Robbie Loomis left. You know, he could have picked anyone in the sport. And when he gave me that opportunity, that was a big – that was my big break and really accelerated my career. So I owe him a tremendous amount um, of loyalty and respect and friendship for everything he's done for my career. And I've been given some great opportunities, and I've tried to make the most of them. And I've been uh, lucky at times, but it's – there's been a lot of sacrifice, too. You know, you miss a lot. You know, I've been, like I told somebody the other day, I've had more weekends off since last December when I got, came down off the pit box with Dale than I had in the first 19 years of my life. Yeah. So, you know, there's just, you get one weekend off of summer. So that's all you get. So, um, but it's good. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. They, they've all been pretty good. Martinsville stunk. I went and watched Martinsville. That's the first <laughs> one I really wanted to be a part of. But it's been enjoyable to be at home with the kids. I haven't drove her crazy yet, I don't think. Or she hasn't told me. Only a few days. See? Only a few days. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the few days that you're not working and you see him. <laughs> yeah, kinda. he tends to be a little in my face sometimes. She, and she gets frustrated with my free spirit. You know, she'll be like, well, what are you doing today? I don't know. Maybe playing golf. Well, I, you know, I got all this stuff to do. Be like, oh, 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 oh. I mean, that's your to-do list. I don't. I mean, don't be putting it on my to-do list. Well, that has to be quite the transition because she. I'm gonna assume that you've ran and managed the household all these years that you've been on the road. Absolutely. So you've got it down pat. Yes. And then and I you're it up. in there, <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Absolutely. You're a. You're not picking anything up off the to-do yeah, list. That's right. That's right. <laughs> or the floor, for that matter. Probably. That's you know, correct. Uh, yes. You know, it's. I, I. I try. I try. I. I do. This is how we've divvied it up. I do morning carpool. That's my deal. I get up with her and the kids, and then when I take them to school. Because I can't. That afternoon carpool is like, you wait in line to get in the line to get in the line to know the lady to give her the name to get her on the clipboard to get through the school parking lot. It's too much. I can't do it. I mean, that's about how it goes down. It's a mess. It is not. She's on the board of directors at the school. Can she help you with that? No, no. Listen, I've learned a long time ago. You don't don't don't. That don't, don't get you any favors. Don't, don't talk about carpool. Don't talk about carpool. Carpool is like a sacred thing. Well, it's complicated. It is. It's probably much like you figured out um, in your transition to NBC that there's more behind the scenes that goes it on is. to making it happen. So there's things about the carpool line that you don't know. That's right. That's right. right? So I just keep my opinion to myself <laughs> and eliminate my afternoon responsibilities. Okay, Trish isn't speaking, but she is rolling her eyes. She's throwing up her hands. She's like, She's I don't. Great. The I'm, eye yeah. roll. This really needs to be a podcast <laughs> with a video feed because – she really speaks the most with the eye rolls. They're like exclamation points in our conversation. They're That's one of my problems is speaking with my facial expressions. <laughs> yes. So what he's not telling you is I get there at 3 o'clock and the kids come out at 3.20. And so for 20 minutes I sit in my car. I review my emails. Yeah. I get on the phone and talk to people. And I find it very relaxing to sit there for 20 minutes. I do too. So when you're the mom and you have those kids like the the doctor's appointment visits when you're by yourself that you can catch up on a magazine that's in your bag yeah. or like you said the carpool line I, I like that too I leave here to go get my kids at about the same time five till three sit in the line they come out at three twenty five ish yeah yeah I like it the line says no cell phones though but I'm like oh, oh yeah they break all those rules <laughs> thank those, goodness for Bluetooth and those <laughs> ladies over there they don't those rules don't count for them. <laughs> <laughs> they do remind us of them, but it is a good time to catch up. So your career at Hendrick, Steve, full of just awesome stuff. From I, I didn't even realize all this. As mechanic and tire specialist, the number of wins that you guys got in 97 and 8, 23 wins between the two years. Yeah, we won a lot back then. It oh, was, gosh. Um, yeah, it was uh, really surreal. Looking back on it now, to, to be very – I was lucky enough to see Jeff Gordon in his prime, Jimmy Johnson in his prime. I mean, the amount of wins that that yeah. company – that's one of the things we talk about is they have H's on the wall over there, and it's every win that they have. And uh, I suggested that for name tags, they should put what number win you are. Because I think <laughs> I was like number, oh, man, I'm in like the teens. I'm like 16 or 17 of their 215 or 216. So yeah. 
That'd give everybody that kind of like the seniority, but it, you right, use it's it kind of like race your wins. start date, but we're yeah. gonna do it by race wins yeah. because it, listen, that's what it all revolves around is yeah. race wins. So that's how we yeah. should talk about it. But I have like a uh, and I was on the road for all that, you know, so it was uh, it was busy for sure. I know uh, more about well, we talk about what we need to do. What we need to do, what I want to do, is do a book of all my favorite restaurants on the road. Oh, that'd like, be cool. I think that'd be pretty. I want to make it a coffee table book, mm-hmm. like a picture book. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, if you're going and you want a beer, you go here. Mm-hmm. If you want a, you know, a good, simple meal, go here. And if you want a good nice Mexican restaurant, whatever. that's right, go here. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't know if I want to let everybody know about them all while I'm still on the road. You know, I don't want to <laughs> you like, don't want you know. there with you. Eating. Right, right. So we'll have to see how that goes. <laughs> that to be your, your next phase of retirement from, that's right. from this, that's right. <laughs> this job. That Hopefully that's a ways right from right now. In. I'm hoping I can talk good, you know, well enough on TV that I stay employed for a while. So <laughs> so I'm going to fast forward at Hendrick because this is where my, my interests lie with Dale and transitioning to Dale's crew chief from Jeff. What were the, what, what was going on in your mind then and the, and the differences and change? I mean, you're coming off with a very successful Jeff Gordon a new frustrated Dale Jr. in his first <laughs> few years of Hendrick. Right. A lot of changes there for him in those first few years. So I, I, I do a lot of public speaking, and I enjoy I paint this picture. So in 2010, Dale, or Jeff Gordon and I went winless for our second time. We went winless in 2008, won in 2009, went winless in 2010. We were sitting at Mixter Hendrick's big conference room table on the Tuesday after Homestead, and everyone's talking about the race. And, you know, my, my motivation is pretty low, frustrated at this point. And the, and the meeting gets adjourned, and Rick Hendrick kind of looks at the end from the end of the table and says, hey, Stevie, I need you for a minute. And I remember this walk. It's like 25 feet or so. And I remember looking out the window and thinking to myself, I wonder what race teams are hiring. Because, I mean, surely he's firing me. I just went winless with Jeff Gordon. Like, I mean, this is not, you know, that's not a big mark on your resume. Instead, he called me in. He told us, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is why we're going to do it. And, um, you know, there was a bit of relief. You know, as a crew chief, your job is to lead a group and lead a team and, and – and, bring fresh ideas and my my the reason I was frustrated is because I didn't know how I was going to get Jeff Gordon better in 2011 I didn't know what to do like in my mind it's not as simple as the race cars there's more to it and I was out of ideas and and I think Jeff was the same way and we're great friends and we just didn't perform so I um, rode up and just talked to Dale and I had you would have thought I won a race I had more text messages than I would after a race win of everybody had an opinion oh well this is what Dale needs this is what this this and I basically took a vow and said, you know, I'm not going to listen to any of these people and I'm going to go meet them and talk to them myself. And then I try to call her. So this is a great story, right? So <laughs> I call my wife. This is an emotional time, right? Big deal. Hey, Trish, you got time? No, I'm busy. You have to call me back. Click. <laughs> okay, little did I know what he was going to tell right, me. Right. And so we were supposed to have date night that night. So actually my response was, well, can we talk about it tonight over dinner, thinking we're going to have yeah. all this time without the kids? No. He says, well, um, I'm afraid when you go home and turn on the TV and Sports Center, you're going to see some information about me that perhaps we need to talk about before right. that happens. And I so you know what happens? She starts crying. Uh, yes, because I thought he was. You thought he was fired, too. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I went winless. The guys won four championships. I didn't win a race. I thought I was gone. So, yeah. So, uh, and then the kids found out. And, you know, they're little at this point. So, this was back in 2010. Yeah. So, they'd be, what, uh, five and seven? So they start crying because all they know is Jeff Gordon, right? <laughs> so then she won Tyler over with, well, you know, Dale Jr. has a go-kart track. That fixed it. Just like that. He was a Dale Jr. fan. And he was so sweet. And what he said to me, he said, well, do you think Dale Jr. will like me? Oh. And I said, oh. of course he'll like you. Aww. I mean, at that age. Th- that yeah. That's all they're interested yeah. in. Yeah. To be buddies with the We did. And then we the flew driver. out to Vegas for yes. the most popular driver award. I said, hey, you know, if you don't mind, I'd like to go with you. They want to do media anyway. You know him. He's like, sure, whatever. I jump on with him. And, um. You learned what it was like to travel with the president, <laughs> right? I, I tell Dale all the time, I, you know, I've seen more kitchens with you than anybody else because we land in Vegas, right, you know, and he's putting his suit on. We land, black car picks you up, takes you to the back of the Bellagio through the kitchen, you know, and I'm yeah. like, like, why is it with you in kitchens? We're in more <laughs> kitchens. And you sit down, the lights come on, show starts, you know, and it was a bit overwhelming. Yeah, this I, one here was like, wow. I'd never is. experienced anything like that before. Yeah, but it was good. And then from there, it was just uh, – it was just, it's remarkable as little as my wife and I have in common. You know, we have a lot of the core values in common that I think are important in a family, but she's, we'll politely call it organized. <laughs> I call it OCD. <laughs> but, and then I am. I'll share it with you, Trish. Right. And then okay. I'm the opposite, right? And then Dale and I are very opposite in so many different ways, but it's just, I don't know, it's just a part of it that just works. And uh, we just became great friends, and that helped us. 
we became decent friends before we ever started racing, and I think that helped when we started racing to try to just get moving in the right direction. And to be honest, you know, his was probably much more publicized, but I was at that point in my career like he was where, you know, I had a lot of questions. Like, how can I not win with Jeff Gordon? I mean, Jimmy Johnson's winning. I have the same equipment. How can I not get this? I know Jeff can win. I mean, is it me? Do I need to find a new career? Can I not do this? And I know he had all those same questions, like not having fun, not winning races. So it was great for our two careers to be blended at that time. So because you went through that, what do you think the answer to that is? Because that that chemistry in our sport is so important. And and you just said it. Well, it can't be Jeff Gordon. Well, it can't be this winning crew chief. It can't be this. Like, is there an answer of how it all comes together and you can make that chemistry happen? Well, I think you can't force it. You know, I think it has to be there or not. And it, it really has to be there away from the racetrack. And it's a lot like a marriage. And I tell people this all the time. You know, like for marriage to work, you have to have you have to be lucky enough that a lot of things line up, but then both people also have to work, right? Because there's no guarantee a marriage is going to work, even if both people work at it. Sometimes they're just, man, wrong choice. You weren't the person. And then when you do get the right person, you still have to put work. I mean, it's not easy. And especially what I've learned, my the biggest critique I would say, the mistake I made with Jeff, is I should have been more involved with him away from the racetrack. And what Dale and I did a great job of is we spent so much time together away from the racetrack that when we went to the racetrack. We didn't have to worry about all the fluff and yeah. all the BS. Like, there was never a point that I would question his desire to run well or his commitment to the team. And that's because of all these conversations we had off the racetrack. So it's like that, you know, magical question of how do you make sure these two work well together or, or what's the chemistry. You know, you almost have to build it. it it's it's fine. Like, I look at Joey Logano and his crew chief now. They're about as opposite as you can get, and they have great chemistry now. And Paul and Brad, you yeah. know, and Jimmy and Chad are woof, the North and South Pole, right? So <laughs> – I think it's just uh, – I think I talk a lot. Dale doesn't talk a lot, so he likes hanging out with me because I feel the air. <laughs> and then and we went and raced a little bit, but it worked out pretty well. Well, I think one reason that y'all did so well is that I think right off the bat you you were just a supporter. And everybody called you the cheerleader. And, right, and right. But, but that for Dale is key, that support, that non-judgmental, non-criticism. Hey, like you said, let's go be friends. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Why would he want to do this with me? You know, I'm just Dale Jr. Right. And you're coming off of, you know, crew chief and for Jeff Gordon and have been at Hendrick so long. But laying that out and putting yourself on an even playing field at that point. You know, right. I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. Let's get out here and do this and, and learn it, each other and be friends. And at home, my biggest support is my biggest critic. And it can be hard at times because – she doesn't really have a filter. I mean, she could do better with a filter. She got a little bit more filter; would be easier. But uh, um, I learned when to say things and when not to say things. Right. I learned that perhaps right after the race it's was not, a, not good a good time to say. Right. So why did you take four tires instead of two? Right. Um, and it took me some time to learn that because I tend to be very direct. Great lawyer. The directness is not <laughs> yeah. a problem. You got a question Type to be a asked. Personality. Oh yeah, you yeah. got it. Yeah. But I, I learned very quickly. And, and I think that helped. So I, I was his number one supporter, but I also was the person that was yep. also in his ear saying, hey, what about this? You'll call it out yeah. if you need to. Yeah. And, and I think that's the blueprint I took is it's harder. You have to be a big person to take critic or any sort of criticism mm -hmm. from your supporter. But I know that's what made me better as a crew chief. So, And Dale is a, you know, while he might be a little bit more introverted and not so vocal, he still has the shoulders to bear the pressure of being him and trying to win races. Yeah. And I kind of risked the fact that I hope he could do it, but I tried to be his number one supporter, but I was definitely his number one critic. And I wanted him to know that he didn't have to listen to the rest of them because I'm going to point out everything I think we need to do to be better, whether he likes it or not. And he really embraced that. I mean, he's but the you one. you also in, took that on in a team perspective. Yeah. Not, not without, a this is you, got to oh, yeah. do this. Yeah, he's just a – I mean, one yeah. thing I try to do for him is, is – he, whether he wants to admit it or not, I mean, he is the focal point of 95% of the things around him because he's the star, whether he wants to be or not. Right. And I tried to make sure when he came to the racetrack and when he was with our race team, he was the driver. He wasn't the star. He was no more important than everyone else who had a role. Yeah. And I think deep down inside, I really hope, I, I, you know, I've never asked him this, but I hope he appreciated the fact that he just needs to do his job. And if this guy does his job and this guy does and I do my job, we're all going to get better. And it's not going to be overnight, but you know, his job might have more to it than the next guy, but that's the position he was hired to do. And, yeah. and we try to keep it really simple and we did good with simple. Can you analyze that first year of working with Dale and the last year and, and the place that you guys got to? Oh, it's, um, it's really amazing. You know, we went to, I mean, our goal is we, we, 
just wanted to be relevant. You know, we wanted to be on TV because not because he was Dale Earnhardt Jr. because this car was fast and was leading laps or involved. And we did that in a few races, and it felt great. And we had big building blocks that are, haven't been publicized because I don't know if they were that important to us at the time, but looking back on it, they were huge. Um, you know, like at Vegas, we ran well. And then we had a chance to win Charlotte and ran out of gas. And it's kind of you learn way more about defeat than you ever do through, through victory, you know. And it's um, how he handled running out of gas that day really empowered me to make more decisions. And, you know, then we went to, you know, other places early in the year where he would crash. Like, man, you know, this early in the race, like Martinsville, I think we had a good car and we didn't, we, you know. So there's all these stepping stones that got us to the final year. But in the end, we ended up, it sounds odd, right, but it, like a married couple. We talked more the first year than the fourth year. I think his next career is going to be a marriage counselor. Oh, I'm right, telling you, well, right. like we talked more in the fourth year or the first year than the fourth year because we didn't have to talk as much in right. year four because we knew each other so well that like, you know, where it used to be, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. And there was like five minutes of nothing before we had the conversation. Now it was like, I didn't even, I could just see what he would put on Twitter and I'd be <laughs> like, oh, I'll call him later. He's not in the mood to talk, you know, and I, it's just, it's funny. Yeah. You know? That you figure those things out and learn those things. So I haven't got onto your new role at NBC yet, but just in the few months that you haven't been on the top of the box, do you, do you have any regrets yet or see anything looking back? Um, I know you're excited about your new opportunity. I am. I'm excited. I went to Daytona. Um, we practiced in Daytona, the broadcast in Daytona, and that one was easier for me because I was working. You know, I was talking to people. I went and saw them, and I was watching the race, but I was watching the race as an analyst. And I was trying to cover the race, and I want to be great at my new job. So I was busy. And then I didn't go to a few, and I watched them on TV. And then Martinsville is the one that really kind of hit me in the heart because I went up there just to watch, and I didn't have a job, and I couldn't make it. I made it about lap 300, and I left because I was sitting up in the booth or in a suite next to the booth with some of our um, producers and directors and things from NBC because it was good for us to watch a race together because I don't watch a race like you or like my wife or like my son. I watch it from a very unique perspective. And um, I'm excited about this team we've put together because they ask all the right questions. Well, what about this and what about this? And, you know, they want to be able to cover it from the perspective we're seeing it from. And I got to about lap 300 and I text her and I was like, this is all, I'm coming home. I can't, like this, Martinsville's the track of all tracks. If I could go back and run Two a year, every year would be Martinsville. And do so many of them over, yeah. Oh, a lot so of success there. I was like, I, I made it to lap 300 and I had to leave. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and then we're, we're learning about the chaos of my schedule. You know, forever, I got up before the sun came up. I went to work. She handled everything. She ran everything. She ran the house. She ran the kids. She ran me. She ran the business. She ran everything. And I would come home. And I'd do it again the next day. And for 20 years, you know, that's my, my whole life and our 15 years together. So... Now, my schedule is in my phone. We got Mrs. Latart. Big day. Big day. We have Mrs. Latart electronic calendar now. <coughs> You've used Off paper calendar before? Oh, well, yeah, no, no. I'm not a paper person. Uh, like a she still uses it. I mean, they run in parallel. Okay. Well, that's okay. It's a, it's a calendar of at home, like the home schedule of everybody that stays at home. And so I agreed to also put it into my phone so that he could see it. But right. I wasn't giving up the paper calendar. But then my wife is a very direct person, very good personality for a lawyer. Notice he said that multiple times today. So, but my point, though, is my point with this is my, my, my you know, I have like a lunch meeting with somebody or coffee with somebody or golf with somebody because I'm building relationships. <laughs> and she's kind of like, well, what are y'all going to do? I'm like, well, we're going to talk and, you know, BS a little bit. What? I mean, don't you like, you know, she, she, you know, my old job, I worked. She wants me to work, work. And I'm like, oh, I'm not ready to work, work yet. I need to <laughs> learn how my new job is. So I'm excited about it. I'm ready for the races to start. I'm ready to start talking about the races on TV. <laughs> I don't really like to smooge people. No, no. me neither. I, I, no. This no. is not in my personality. And I just, I'm not good at it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> me neither. See, and I'm I, not I, a smoozer. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I always thought that I was just lucky enough to kind of run into the party, but now I've cr figured out that, you know, I might start most of them. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's kind of like it just turns into a pretty good time wherever I go. <laughs> so have you – How? what was the transition period from Hendrick? Did you talk to Greg a lot in those first few weeks? Or Gre I, Knowing Greg, Greg probably said, hey, I'm not going to call you, and hey, don't call me. You know, it was kind of <laughs> like one of those – I'm going to figure in, this out. I went in, I was like, hey, buddy, you know, if you need me, you got my number. Yep. Okay, if you're looking then, for me, I'll be at home, you know, and I went yep. in like one day after Homestead and got my stuff and I was done. And, and Greg was there and, and he was ready to go. And, you know, it has to be like that. There can't be a, a that position 
is you have to be like the guy. You have yeah. to be in control, be the guy in in power. And for me to be around would be unfair to him, unfair to the guys to not understand, well, if he's still here and he's still here. So it was a clean cut. So I was <laughs> I was uh I mean I was out I was out the door. So um I have an office now I go to and return some emails and, and but uh Yeah, I see you complaining about the traffic now. Is your oh, office downtown? I, no, it's not, thank oh. goodness. But I had to go downtown the oh, last okay. few days. Okay, so that's not for your office. Holy Ooh. smokes. Yeah, I can't wait for 77 to be wider because it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Which she she drove down there for years, so she knows all about it. But so Greg, you know, Greg's kind of his own man, does his own thing, which is great. I think he's doing a great job. Uh, Dale and I, you know, what I've learned is we. T- this is what I've learned. It's not just Dale. So I don't really have any other friends that aren't in the sport. Mm-hmm. So. Like, having Friday not being at the racetrack is kind of cool until everybody who's your friend is at the racetrack. <laughs> and then you don't have anybody to talk to or I mean, play Rick golf Allen with and I have played else. all golf because he's the only other guy I know that's Friday <laughs> off. You know, so uh, it, it's – so, and that's the same way with Dale. You know, everybody's like, do you talk? I'm like, we talk, but our schedules are so different now yeah. that, that it's uh, – what used to be a five-minute conversation takes a day because I leave, send him a text and it takes him an hour and he sends me a text and – it kind of goes full circle. Yeah. Well, you find, I think you find that like when you work together with people and you're real close and you have these friendships and then you may not work together and then it's like, gosh, I haven't talked to them in two months. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and especially in this sport, you know, it was the same way when she practiced law full time. You know, it was just, I mean, you get busy. You get in your own world. Anyone who's successful in their own world, you're, you're consumed by it. And then it's just, now we're trying to figure out our new world. <laughs> so with your law career, do you are you in office during the week? Or you just can you kind of pick and choose things that you want to work on? Yeah, so I have an office in my home. Mm-hmm. And so I um, sort of do it virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have the ability to go in the office if I need to meet clients or use the you know office facilities and things. But for the most part, I love the office being in the home because then I can do other stuff. If I need to throw in a load of laundry yeah. or, you know, full <laughs> clothes, I can do that. And my schedule is very, um, very open and I am able for the most part to do things on my own schedule. If I need to do them after the kids go to sleep, I can do that. Or during the day, if I have something else going on. Do you work on cases and things like, or what, what kind of law do you work on? So I know you do uh, work related. Labor-related employment. Yes. Yep. employment law, yes. mostly on the management yep. side. Okay. Um, so I do a lot so of... A lot of advisement. A lot of advisement on whether to hire, fire, what the laws are, what can employers do and not do so they don't get into trouble. A lot of drafting of employment agreements, employee handbooks, things like that. Got you. Which so are more project. you litigating no. or anything like that. Used to be. Yeah. Used to be. Um, and loved it. But... That requires the same level of commitment that crew chiefing does, yeah. where I would travel all the time. In fact, most of the time when I was working downtown for one of the largest law firms actually in the country, um, they would come into my office and they would say, hey, we need you to take this deposition in Connecticut tomorrow. And and I'd be there for three days during the week, and then he'd be gone on the weekends. And it it was it worked for us, and we right. we liked it until we decided we were going to get married, have a family, and then one of us had then to give. Changed. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you talked about your two children, Tyler and Ashlyn. They travel with you on the races. They do quite a bit. They did. This yeah. one here was a trooper. She packed them up, and we <laughs> drug them all over the country. Um, they've actually. I think have been a little sad here lately. They haven't been to the racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. They've had some withdrawal issues because that's really all they've known for. Since they were babies. Yeah. Um, And, and they miss it. They miss their friends and they miss the lifestyle. And so that's been an adjustment. And I think it's been, I I was telling Stevie, it's been an adjustment for me not having the competition side of it because for 15 years, I have watched these races either in person on TV, listen to every word that, he has said, and the driver has said, and analyzed it and thought about it just to support him. Yeah. So if he wanted to talk about it, I knew what he was talking about. And now not to have to do that, I'm lost. I, I have this empty feeling like, okay, I can watch the race, but I don't really care who wins. Yeah, right. So why should I watch it? Okay, if I'm not going to watch it, what am I going to do? Yeah. So it's, and I think the kids feel that way too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they for sure, we told them. You can pick whoever you want to root for That's that right. you want to. You no longer have to root for who daddy works <laughs> for. So it's up to you. And so our daughter Ashlyn has said, well, I love Dale Jr. I'm always going to be a Dale Jr. fan. And funny, Tyler has gone back to a Jeff Gordon fan. That's right. That's what he knew growing up. That's right. So. Well, Tyler's going to have to pick somebody new here at the end of the year. You got the last year. You got the signed off year. That's right. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, it has. It's been. A, I mean, it's an adjustment, but a good adjustment. Yeah. 
So uh, you're racing goat carts with Tyler. That's fun. I, I know you bought that about a year yeah. ago. Yeah, it's taken us a while to get yeah. it all together and going. But now that I'm home more, we well, just we, didn't have time. We, yeah, that's right. So now <laughs> yeah. we run a lot more, and we're getting ready to really get kicked up for the summer. So uh, that's where I'm refilling my competitive edge, and you know where that competitive drive is either on the golf course or when I take him to the go kart track, and it's I mean, it's been a blast. Talk about what made you decide to uh, go a different route and, and try something new. I think the biggest thing is, you know, a long time ago um, through one of my contract uh, when they were coming up, I had that conversation with some of the management at Hendrick that, that you know, I didn't know if I was going to go a different route, but it was n clear to me that I couldn't bring the intensity and the and the level of commitment being a crew chief needed to be for the next 10 years. You know, I want to let them know that somewhere out there on the horizon is the end. Um, you know, the company was great to me. And I wanted to to know that so there'd be a transition. I didn't know if it'd be a year or ten years. I had no idea, but it was going to come to an end. A little for me, but you know, mostly because you know we talk about the commitment of the crew chief, and that's great. But you know, for every crew chief out there, there are ten guys that fly over the country with them, and they, you know, don't have the ability of being the boss. They clock in and clock out, and they have wives and kids and lawns and pools and houses and, and all this stuff at home they have to manage and they take care of. And it became obvious to me that I never wanted to be the holdup. If I wouldn't turn the lights on and shut the lights off, if I didn't want it more than the guys that work for me, then I shouldn't have this position. And at this time, I still wanted it. And I, but I knew, you know, I try to consider myself with my help and my critic, be real honest of, we try to be real honest about like, you know, what's important to me is my kids got older and they, they like the racetrack, but they don't want to be there every day because they want to hang out with their friends at home. As my priorities changed, you, you can't do it part time. You can just see that passion going. So down. I said, yeah. you know what, I'm going to have I'm going to have a, an end point at some point where that I, I you know, it's funny because I probably could have, you know, gave them the sales job and kept my job forever. But it wasn't fair to the people around me that I cared about the most. I was like, no, I'm going to be the holdup, so I need to go. Yeah. And there were opportunities at Hendrick, and then basically the TV conversation came up, and we had always talked about it. I mean, it's not a secret, right? I did some ESPN cutaway cars. I do the morning drive or did the morning drive. I've done some other uh, stuff with MRN, some other broadcasts, because I love to talk. And every time I give an interview, it was like, man, you'd be great on the radio or great on TV. And I started to somewhat believe it and listen to it. So... I thought, you know, 50 or 55, I would go to media. And then when they approached me in the TV deal, I mean, it all lined up where I couldn't tell myself no. I mean, a new TV deal, new partner, fresh start. My deal, you know, we were in negotiations kind of at Hendrick to how much longer I was going to do it. And, um, and that's basically what it came down to is, you know, there are no part-time jobs in racing. This was the rare opportunity to stay in a sport that I love and, hopefully bring it home to people that will see how much I love it. You know, it was, I mean, it doesn't come around much. So yeah. uh, I pinched myself that I got the shot. Was there a, um, some science behind announcing it so early at the beginning of 2014 that you were going to be leaving that position? Uh, well, the biggest thing is it, I mean, it happened that early and it happened even months before that where, you know, companies like Hendrick, I mean, things don't last forever. And my, my contract came up and I couldn't in good faith, just give them all these reasons or excuses why it needs to be a one year deal when I know kind of what I'm thinking. And I was open with Dale and with Rick about what I was thinking. And, and Dale was the best because, you know, as a friend, he's like, man, that's a great opportunity. As a driver, he's like, I don't know if you should take it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, so he's kind of like wearing, wearing two hats. <laughs> and basically once the decision was made and I was going to go with the world of Twitter and, you know, people at NBC already knew, people at Hendrick already knew. We didn't want it to be a distraction throughout the year. So we had two options, which was, man, hope it doesn't come out. Let's but to do – any sort of search and have great conversations about who the next guy would be, we just had to announce it. And I will tell you, I didn't sleep much from the announcement to winning the Daytona 500 because no matter how that year went, if it wasn't successful, there's no way I couldn't blame myself for distraction. But luckily, down the pit box, you and I were jumping up and down. I was yeah. like, you know what? That's yeah. over. Woohoo! We're going to have a good time. That was fun. You <laughs> the know? rest of the year's a breeze, That's right? right? That's right. That's <laughs> right. Got that out of the way. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was selfish about it. I didn't. I was I'm like, man, we're just on the cusp of all right. this goodness and this great year we just had and oh, why does this got to happen? And, and it was uh, tough. You know, it mm. was it was um it was, like I love to sit here and say I absolutely knew what I wanted to do, but I loved my job. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. But I loved 36 Sundays. I loved the people that worked with me and worked for me. But 
man, I love my kids and yeah. you can't have both. I mean, what yeah. do you want? And and I wanted to be around them more. It's hard because, and she'll tell you, you know, even though on paper, like, oh, you know, it doesn't even work till July. And we do the races till <laughs> July. She made the comment the other day. She's like, you know, you're not home a whole lot more. And and I am, but it's not like I'm off. Right. You know, like like we, we have a commitment to be good at this. You know, the, the people at home deserve Jeff Burton, myself, and Rick Allen to commit to be good at this. So we are doing a bunch of random stuff to try to improve and try to have the um, success right out of the gate. So that takes time. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just a little more chaotic of a schedule. <laughs> so talk about what, what those random things are that you're doing in this practice work. You're going to be in the booth uh, starting at the July Daytona race with NBC with Rick Allen and Jeff Burton. Yeah. So, I mean, basically our season is the second half. We have the race to the chase and the chase. We have the final 20 races. Um, all the work I'll do from them for the race broadcast will be from the booth as an analyst. But leading up to that, there's NASCAR America that's daily on uh, the NBC Sports Network. I'm on there two or three days a week as an analyst. I am uh, covering some of the other series, um, some of the K&N races that NASCAR has currently. We just um, covered the Kern County race out in the West Coast. We'll do Greenville this weekend. And it's really just reps because I have all the confidence in the world. I know the sport. I love the sport. I know everything about the sport. I can always learn, but I have such a great foundation. But TV is a medium, right? So how do I get it through this television set to the person at home and I want to make sure that when I'm talking that the grandson the dad and the grandfather all find it inter interesting you know and that's kind of my responsibility so um, I do these shows rewatch these shows they're the people at NBC are great they're critics they'll send me a hey this is what you could have done different and um, you know I think I've been raised at Hendrick Motorsports I think no different than you we've been raised in a sport where if you're going to do it do it right or don't do that's it that's right yeah. and that's kind of how TV is the same way it's um there's a lot of details to it to make it great. And, and NBC, I mean, listen, they have Sunday Night Football. They covered the Super Bowl this year. So, you know, they're not all bad things. Like, I went to the Super Bowl this year to observe and see how, uh, you know, Chris Collinsworth is held as one of the, one of the greats that, that cover sports. And it was great to see how a guy like – how he does his research. and how, I mean, it's, it's really amazing what, what they do to cover sports, and I'm learning a lot about it. What have you learned about TV that you didn't know sitting on top of the box? I think what I've learned the most is how a four-hour broadcast or a 30-minute show can seem so short because when you have commercial breaks to get in and you have three people that want to talk and you have lost the ability to, you know, sitting around right here, all three of us are in this conversation and, and well, there's a fourth person and it's a camera and it's right here and it's everyone at home. And to try to draw them in as part of the conversation but do it in 20 or 30-second bursts I've learned I'm long-winded, so <laughs> that's probably the, the number one thing I've learned. I've learned that I, uh, I'm great on radio because you have a lot of time to talk, but on TV, <laughs> I have to get a little more efficient with my vocabulary. You got to listen to them in your ear going, five, four, yeah, yeah. three, oh, yeah, they, wrap they, it up. Yeah, wrap, wrap. <laughs> they like that word, wrap. So, you know, I uh, – but they, it, they, there's a lot of good people up there, and they're, they're, uh, they're showing me, and, and we're showing them. You know, they want to cover the sport, and Jeff Burton and I have been on the sport a long time, so we help them out. What do you um what do you appreciate in the TV world that you might have not appreciated sitting on the box? Well, I'll tell you <laughs> one thing I've learned about TV is, I mean, we'll have 200 people in July Daytona to cover a race. There'll be 200 people. I mean, the garage opens at seven in the morning. Well, at five in the morning, someone's running cable somewhere to get audio or visual or this. We will have the Greenville Pickens race on Saturday, and someone won't be at home on Easter Sunday because he'll be in the edit booth cutting this tape up to make like. There are, it's really the parallels to, to TV. It's, it's a different job than crew chiefing, but we truly have a team just like we did at Hendrick Motorsports that all these people have a role. And if any of them don't do their role, it doesn't matter how good we sound on TV, we're not going to look good to yeah. the audience at home. It's so much like a race team like that. And that's where my preparation at Hendrick has helped me for that because I did all those jobs at Hendrick. So now when I go see the production assistant who's in here cutting tape, you know, I've never done his job, but look, I have done that same crappy job on a race team. Right. You so had man, to have I, the mentality. I know the what it is like to yeah. be you, yeah. you know, and I hope that comes across because I truly appreciate how hard they all work. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, man, I, I thought it, I guess I didn't know what to think, um, but it's, it takes a lot of people. So how often are you practicing? So we, we do a TV show a couple, three times a week normally. So there's always two or three things every week. Are you practicing week. the race call? We did. We did July. Uh, excuse me. We did Daytona in February. 
And then, see, NBC does the Formula One, so they have this booth, because they don't go to the Formula One races. They take the, the world feed. So we take the Fox feed, and we sit in a booth, like we're at the racetrack, and we cover it. And we did that for Las Vegas. Um, we're going to do you it do again. You do that live while the race is going That's on? correct. And you just sit somewhere else and do That's it. That's right. Oh, and yeah. um, just to kind of get the rhythm and the yeah. feel of it. And uh, so we have done a couple of those. We'll do a couple more, and then we'll go to Michigan and do it on site before our season kicks off. So we're going to have a lot of practice before we get to Daytona. You think you're going to be real nervous at Daytona? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think I get too nervous. Calling the race I'm really excited about because we're not on camera. I get more nervous on camera not because the, I'm yeah. on camera, but it's it's just, and you're being kind of watched. Yeah, you know, they're watching your facial expressions, they're everything. Watching everything. You can't hide. Wrong word. You, you know, <laughs> right? But in the booth, you know, yeah. I'm sitting back. I have a cup of coffee. I'm, I'm watching the race. We're just like this. I'm talking, yeah. pointing, and and it, it's just I'm sitting around watching the race with, hopefully, millions and millions of my good friends. Yeah. You know, and when you're on camera, you're like, you know, man, you can you sneeze. You're like the other day, you'll like this. So we're doing a shoot. And I've shut my phone off today like a good little boy. It's on vibrate. So we're on live. NASCAR America is a live show. And I have a little table next to me with my notes. My phone sits there. It's the one-hour show after this week. And they're like, open. Oh, man, great race this week. Great race at Martinsville. Oh, yeah, this guy won. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Steve, what are you thinking? I was like, you know what I think? Ring, 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 ring. My phone is going across the table. So on camera, like, yeah, oh, that was a great. And I kind of reached over and, and the guy in my ear was like, Nice move. Let's turn the ringer off next time or something. <laughs> we kept on talking, but, I, I, you know, I, I'm filling the blooper reel already, and I haven't even completely gone right. on the air. But. Explain when you say that you're an analyst. Explain the different roles between you, Rick, and Jeff, and, and what your role will be. Yeah, so Rick Allen's our host. So the host tells us the what. You know, he's the play-by-play. -play. He describes action on the racetrack. He um, gets us in and out of break. He he is the professional, what Jeff Burton and I like to call him. He's the professional <laughs> with the smooth radio. And he really is. I'm telling you, he's got the yeah. velvet voice. Yes, that, so, you know. And then um, That's the how animal. I knew you guys were at the same restaurant we were in Daytona because I heard Rick Allen's voice. See? I mean, uh, it's just. That's right. Yeah. So, and then as an analyst, we are the, the experts. So, basically, we you know, what we want is Rick Allen tells us the what, and Jeff Burton and I, it's our job to explain to everybody at home why. You know, it's great. You, you know, TV helps with the what, unlike radio. When you listen to MRN, they're so good at painting this picture with words. Well, we're very fortunate. We have this great director and these cameramen that they paint the picture with. So you kind of play-by-play it. But then we can zoom in with these cameras. Okay, why did that happen? And that way Jeff and I can break down from our experiences in the sport why that happened. And, and that's the key. You know, like I watched baseball for years. And when ESPN hired Kurt Schilling to be their Sunday night guy, and he explained a baseball game from a pitcher's point of view, it was like I had never watched a baseball game before. It was so exciting. And uh, that's what I hope to do. Like I said earlier, I, I watch a race very different. It actually happened. So when Dale got knocked out, Dale had his concussion in 2012. Regan Smith, we went to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And I love Regan. Great talent. He had a little, I don't know, a little carpal tunnel, a little blurred vision. He didn't see the gauges that day, and we blew up. We ran really hot. I'm picking on him, but he did a great job in the car. We blew up, and I got mad, so we went home. <laughs> That's basically what happened, right? I'm not sugarcoating it. I got mad. I said, he we're got leaving. back to the motorhome and okay. said, get your SHIT. Let's go. Let's we're go leaving. And, and he felt bad, and I felt bad. But I went home, and I watched the last 80 laps of the race, and as I was sitting there, I was like, man, there's this fuel. They, she'd be showing the 15. Man, the 24 is doing this. And, and she sat next to me, and the next day she said, well, you told me. You During were, the race, I was on the edge of my seat. And I didn't care who won because we had already been knocked out. But I was like this. I was so excited. And I looked at him and I said, you need to tell that to, to, to the America, right? Because I saw the race in a completely different perspective than I had ever seen it before because I had all this inside information. And I had somebody not just telling me about it but explaining it on my level. Right. On right. a level so that I could understand. understand. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's basically what I want to do more than anything is I love this sport. This sport has given me everything I have in the world. And when I watch it, I don't watch cars going in a circle. You know, it's this beautiful story being written chapter by chapter by chapter coming up to this finish. And there are all these different ways to get there. And And I want to inform the people at home all these different avenues these people have taken. And they're all going to come crashing to a finish here at the end. And someone's going to be right. And it's so wonderful to watch, and, and like I can't wait to explain that to people. That's awesome. I love it. it it's I uh, can't wait to watch you explain it. I'm excited just listening. I mean, it, it's it's you know. 
he's been doing it now when Literally. he watches the races yeah. at home so far right. and yeah. he'll say well you know they they need to be talking about this and right. that and so then i'll say okay because again like as he says i'm his worst critic and i say to him okay, not worst my biggest critic biggest, yeah, biggest. See, and biggest. i'll say okay but explain that because i know you're saying that but right. i don't really know what you mean mm-hmm. break it down yeah three more steps yeah there's a turning point in every race, and right now they're missed by everyone because you don't know they're their turning point. And sometimes they're not obvious. Sometimes you have to go back and look at it and be like, oh, who knew that lap 300, that caution made such a big deal. But then as a crew chief, and every crew chief listening to this will admit, there is a moment when you sit up there and the race isn't over and your race is over. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and you know crap, it. I should have pitted here and I should have done this. And, like, you you know, there's a time where you and hold so out. you can – Point that's right. out. You that's right. You know, there's time like, oh, if I get a caution, it'll be okay. And then there's that moment where you go, not getting a caution. <laughs> even if I got a caution, it wouldn't help me. Like, we're done. Put the nail on us. We are finished. And and you know, that's the that's the beauty of. And I love sport. I mean, sports, in my opinion, is the only reality TV. I mean, it's true TV. Yeah. It's it's not scripted. It's it is what it is. Yeah. As an analyst, will you when you travel to the track, what what will be your preparation leading up to Sunday? in terms of at track? Well, I think, you know, the, the beauty is with the internet now and these companies out here that all my stats and those things like that, someone else, Rick will cover that. And people, you know, my job is going to be down in the garage, making sure I understand everything those teams are going through as if I was going through it, whether today the tire they brought doesn't want to get off the corner very well, or everybody's fighting this new gear ratio. Um, you know, I want to know what the storylines of this weekend are. And then on top of that is I want to know all the people like I knew the guys on my team. You know, if there's a guy whose son is racing dirt cars down at Volusia or racing at Daytona, I want to tell a story about that guy. I want the people at home to know that there are 43 stars in race cars, but there are hundreds and hundreds of people that make those race cars go in a circle. And I think um, the racing on track is, is spectacular this year. It's um, I want them to understand the people. Right, because I love the sport and I love the racing, but, man, I love the people. There's great people in there, and they all have these special stories, and I want to get some of those stories told to the people at home. Do you feel like the garage area in terms of the crew chiefs and the crewmen and people have the respect that they need for the position that you're going to be in to give you the right information? I mean, I would wonder about that, like, is the truth coming true? Well, because it's I, so competitive, and they're not right. going to tell you their secrets or well, whatever it is. Well, I you're going to be able to see through some of that. Well, and I think <laughs> I, what I'm going to help do is sell them on I don't need it at the level that concerns them. Yeah. Y- you know, yeah. and, and I, don't, I don't mean to be ugly, but I would bore the people at home if I got Jack and Alice's yeah. secret set up and started explaining <laughs> camber shit. You know, people would be like, not interesting, shutting it off. You know, so it's kind of it, – it's help me help you. Yeah. I, I want to tell the story, and I want to do this. And those people love the sport, and they want the sport to be covered. So – I don't need your secrets. I just need some insight. Yeah. You know, feel free to hide, you know, and I feel I did a good job of that last year, especially with Dale. There's so much notoriety that people always checked in with us that, you know, Dale and I had all kinds of conversations, but the ones that were between him and I were kept between him and I. And then ones that we would kind of agree to make public, we would agree to make public. But that doesn't mean you make everything public. You just... Everything doesn't have to be known. You just need to know enough to tell the story. Yeah. You'll you'll give a lot of credibility to be able to share now this side of your world with the garage so that they can gain that appreciation just like you're doing through your new role right, right? and that and, and that's it you know i want i mean it's such a great sport yeah. i mean you know yeah. i mean you and yeah. i are a lot yeah. alike like we we don't know anything but yeah. this sport yeah. and it's it's just the stars of the sport they really do want to give back yeah. but there's not all the great avenues to do it, and I hope to help that, you yeah. know, whether, whatever it might be. Yeah. I think, you know, we're all learning that working together is a lot we, – we will get a lot further than on our own motives. And, and yeah. that's kind of what I mean by it is that, you know, everybody kind of has their own thing, and this is why this is important to the sport, but there's it's so much more to it. That's right. And, you know, you know I'm proud to I mean, say that even the two TV networks have seen that. You yeah, know, absolutely. like Fox and NBC are are truly – Pushing one another. There's nothing I want to see more than a packed house and great ratings on Fox with a great TV coverage because we are all ambassadors of the sport. None of us are bigger than the sport. NBC isn't, Fox isn't, I'm I'm not, no one is. And, you know, I want to see Fox breaking every record there is as far as people watching because that way it'll be our turn in July. To do the same. Right. Like we want people watching and, 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 you know, we don't, everybody thinks we're competitors, but not really because. 
they have their half, and we have our half, and it's predetermined. It's, yeah. it's, it's you know, there's <laughs> nobody's gonna win. Right, yeah. you you you're not covering the same thing on the same day. Time, so. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of reminds me a lot of Hendrick. You know, we had a lot of teams that raced against one another. <laughs> That's right, Trish. What's been your perspective on this move for Steve and how he's handling and weathering through? Um, I think it's been really great for him personally um, because the level of stress that he has had to carry on the burden on his shoulders has definitely gone away. And to have that for so many years and to feel like it, it was his responsibility to make it all work. Yeah. And now to sit back and say, okay, I, I'm just one person in this entire broadcast and I'm here to do my job and I'm going to do my job really great. But at the end of the day, there's really no yeah. stress that like, like there was. Um, and so I've seen a change in his personality in the sense that he doesn't have so much burden and weight, yeah, I guess. Is, carrying that around yeah. in the evenings. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's travel going to Yeah. What's travel going to be like for the family come July? Kids going to oh, get on man. the bandwagon we, and I'll tell you, we out. got Gosh. plans for plans. We are going to Daytona. We, we did. <laughs> We're going to Daytona for a week. We're going to huh? stay in a condo down there and hang out on the beach. And then <laughs> he tells me, I said, we need to bring the bike so we can go biking on the beach because we rented them last time we were there. And he was like, OK, I think we get this thing. We're going to put them on the top of the roof of the car. And I'm like, oh, no, we're going to be that family. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. I can assure you. Yeehaw, here we go. Here oh, we yeah. Go. <laughs> Latarts invade Daytona. It's going to be. But then we're going to do a road trip. Yes. We're going to do Hershey, Pennsylvania on the way to Pocono and then mm -hmm. up to Watkins Glen area where she's from. And it's going to be uh, – And you could not do these things because you were in the shop before. That's right. That, right? And that's right? the difference. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I'm still going to cover the races. Yeah. And I'm going to You're still going to work as call. hard at the race. Right. But it's like Monday, yeah. Tuesday, and Wednesday. I'm, I'm you know, I, other than a few phone calls or some research, I'm, I'm off. Yeah. So we're going to uh, try not to drive each other crazy all summer. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> We've never really done a road trip. I mean, for what? No, we didn't have time. A, right. No. So we'll be gone totally two and a half weeks. Right. So the kids will probably be um, fighting with each other by that time. <laughs> and we'll hopefully we won't be fighting, but <laughs> it'll be fun. Well, the biggest thing we fight about right now is we have some knockdown Scrabble games. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's yes. like... Like, you know, you might not talk for a couple hours. After I thought he was getting game. ready to give me some dirt. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the travel game. Yeah, we don't, we don't really fight. We, we had one argument the other day about the P.O. box. <laughs> so, okay. He wants so, no. I don't have an assistant anymore. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And I Lynn wanted Hess to bring is, that up. Lynn Hess is magical. <laughs> yeah. So, I call. We're taking the bus to Martinsville. And I'm like, Tuesday, I didn't got a pass yet. I'm like, yeah, I might want to call. So I call the lady, and she's like, did you send in this paperwork? <laughs> I'm like, paperwork? I, I didn't get any paperwork. <laughs> so we have a P.O. box, and I asked Trisha, hey, have you been over to the P.O. box lately? No, why was I supposed to? I didn't know you were giving this to people. And I was like, no, I, 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 I was just, I, I was like, I couldn't get a word in. So I was basically like, no, I was just making sure before I told the lady I didn't receive it, I wanted to make sure there wasn't an opportunity on our end that we perhaps missed it. And now I got it all smoothed out, and he we did. had the parking pass and all that. It was he fine. But, but the phone call was very accusatory, as if it was my <laughs> fault that I hadn't checked the, the mailbox. That's been dormant for a while, huh? Correct. <laughs> but the only thing that really comes to it is autograph requests and well, things like that. This is the like first that. time in 15 years that he's asked about the P.O. box. Totally, huh? right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that that was uh, we just had a little little uh, little tiff, little, little bump, tiff. Little yeah. bump. It's yeah. but it's fine. It's, yeah, you know. yeah. And I beat him. We went uh, for the first time ever. We went away for spring break, and uh, I I beat him in Scrabble the entire time we were there. I don't recall make, any of this. Make that known. In fact, one of the games I beat him by a hundred points. She did a hundred. And Holy I took cow. a screenshot of it, and I actually was going to send it to Dale because <laughs> I thought he'd be proud of me. Yeah. Because Dale, that's where the Scrabble yes. came from. Yes. Is Dale. Oh, okay. yes. That's right. Mr. Um, Scrabble himself. <laughs> yeah. So, but what I think what I learned is the less drinks I had and the more he had, the better uh, I would do oh, okay. on Scrabble. So you've so. got it figured out now. You just told your secret there. I know. Wow. Well, have to change that was the only game. Out, yeah. Okay. I didn't mind losing. You had to play something else. <laughs> Scrabble's a game where everybody can get involved. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. It's, yeah. it gets serious in our house for sure. That's good. Yeah. So what? What else are you enjoying about being at home? I like. As odd as it sounds, doing the stuff around the house that someone else always had to do. Like me. <laughs> What's that? Like me. That she yeah, did. that you had to hang the pictures and all this stuff. Well, now I, you know, I fix the batteries and the this or I rehang this or we had 
doors we had to rehang on the other side of a hinge and I actually did a little carpentry work and it's there's a sense of accomplishment that you know even my son's go-kart I didn't even put my own son's go-kart together last year but this new one I put together you know I mean, it's just little things that doing it yourself yeah I mean because you people don't understand when I say I mean basically this is what I tell everyone when you crew chief you have two jobs you have a job Thursday afternoon to Sunday night and you work you know 35 or 40 hours and then you have a job Monday to Thursday afternoon where you work 30, 35 hours. And I love it and I wouldn't change any of it. And now I have one job. I still have a job and I work and I'll probably average 35 or 40 hours a week by the time you get the season in and all that. But, you know, I have a job. So I have weekends off and it's, it's, um, I'm doing the little things that other people probably find boring. They're new <laughs> enough to me that I'm enjoying them. <laughs> right? Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I would still want to hang the pictures in my house because I'd hang the pictures just by eye and like, okay, yep, that's that's that. And my husband gets out the level and the ruler. Yeah. He's and, a racer. Man uh-huh. after my oh own heart. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I'm oh, like, no. I'll just do this. Then I just got the hammer and the nail. <laughs> there it is. And I look at it, and then, you know, I might have to change it a couple yeah. of times. But there all could those, be a couple holes. Oh, that's right. But as long oh. as they're behind the picture, that's all that matters. <laughs> High five. We think alike. Oh, no, I'm telling you. Good Lord. What are you enjoying about Steve being home, doing all those things? <laughs> yeah, just being able to share the duties for once has been really huge for us. Because I still don't do the dishwasher, though. <laughs> no. He, what he, don't you like about the dishwasher? I don't load it. He I does, have an aversion to it. It's, mm. just, no. Well, if you're like LW, you don't load it because you get told how to reload it. That's what I do. <laughs> you know what? Y'all are a lot alike. <laughs> she, she doesn't even tell you. She just stands behind you looking over your shoulder like, I just stand there and move things. Like, like, he puts it in and I move it around. And I'm like, you know what? I can fix this. Ty, let's go play some Scrabble. Yeah. Yeah. But just being able to say to him, hey, listen, I have this meeting where I've committed to do this. Can you watch the kids? I would have have never. Right. I would have never done that before because I just knew he can't do it. Where right. now I at least ask him. And sometimes he can do it, sometimes he can't. But um, the, the sharing and the opportunity to share is really great. Yep. And it's good for both of us to be home because we don't agree on important stuff for the kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's truth, it's, I think it's truthful to have two parents makes a big difference because whether it's, it's something simple, you know, like whatever, a movie, a book, or this or that, we just have different approaches of parenting. Our skills are very different. So it's good that we're opposites. And I think it's better, I mean, why so we were... it's better for both of you to be around because you can do Exactly. I mean, we were, they were basically, you know, there was a single parent because she was Otherwise, the they around. would both turn out type A personalities like Trish. They would. <laughs> Although, I love it because the same things in me that drive her nuts, my children have. And it makes me smile when they drive her nuts. Yeah. They're not... Our children really do not show type A personality they traits. They, they do don't. not. As she has a few. But for the most part, they're very much free-spirited like Steve. They just... I mean, they would leave their clothes all over for, to a certain extent. I mean, they don't now because they know mommy yeah, would like it. Yeah. But if mommy said, okay, it's a free-for-all, they would be absolutely right like Right up him. his alley. Yes. What's Ashlyn enjoy doing? We talked a little bit about Tyler. but we um, She loves art. She loves to do art. She dances. Um, so she wants to be an artist. She's very much peace, love, and happiness. Wants everyone in the world to get along. Aww. And you know, <laughs> do arts and crafts forever. <laughs> now you can get that bubble's going to burst one of these days. Yeah. It's going to be an emotional mess. Yeah, she. Um, we t- we tell people this. She is a vegetarian oh. and has been since age six. Oh wow! We and are she not. She made that choice on her own. She did. Um, she learned what one day I made spare ribs because Tyler loves meat, and uh, she wanted to know why they look like the ribs on her body. And when we explained to her what they were and where they came from. She was mortified and then started asking, well, what's hamburger? Well, what's bacon? Oh, gosh. And so we were very honest with her. And she and said, this is a girl that used to cheer about bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Love the taste of bacon. And then she realized it was an animal and said, mm, I'm not eating that. Um, and she's nine. So it's been three years. Wow. And uh, we support her. And I've learned how to cook all these crazy recipes to make sure she gets the right protein <laughs> and all the nutrients that she needs. But if that's, you know, if she feels strongly about yeah. that, then. That's okay. That's all. That's awesome that she can make that choice at six. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, to to be that strong about it and, and stand up for what she believes in and wants. Well, very cool. This has been fun. See, I told you this wasn't. Yeah. So so she doesn't get nervous about anything, but she was nervous to come Really? Here. Tell, tell everyone really home fun. now that you were nervous. It's, I, I mean, was nervous. Yeah. I was nervous. I'm the behind the scenes person. Yeah. 
Well, the the fact of that is, is you need to be upfront because you've been carrying this for a long time. <laughs> well, you've been I, making I it all work, right? And he's got all too. the credit. Yeah, see? Yeah. You know, we all have our roles. You were good about giving her a lot of credit, though. You're... She's the CEO, the CFO, the COO, and I was just the workforce. <laughs> basically what happened. I was the employment force. Yeah. I was going to get paid for all those titles, was I? What's that? Yeah, you would. Just like the same deal we made. Last deal we made about my contract. I didn't. I don't have an agent. Mrs. Letard is my agent. So she did my contract. So we agreed that we got to Las Vegas for the banquet this year. And our rooms weren't ready. So I paid her in shoes. <laughs> we went shoe shopping. I think I got gypped on the deal, although there were some really nice shoes. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, but I think it, I, maybe I should have claimed my stake as an agent. Yeah. I would have made more. You, you could have put that in the bank. I took her hourly rate as an attorney, not her percentage rate as an agent. <laughs> I think I was kind of negotiating. Well, so. I'm pretty sure that he knows the way to your heart. Yeah. Dessert, shoes. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a catch. I'm Got a catch. Got it figured out. <laughs> Got it figured out. Well, thanks for having us. Yes. yes. Appreciate it. All right. It's time now for our tip of the week brought to you by Wella Professionals. This week, we are talking the elements line. Very excited about this line. This is Wella's first ever free of parabens, sulfate, and additives. So many things are going natural these days, and uh, our hair care products are as well, and that excites me. The experts at Wella Professionals recommend using this system if you're concerned with sulfates affecting the integrity of your hair. They have uh, four different products. We've got the Renewing Shampoo. This is a sulfate-free shampoo that renews the moisture of your hair, preserving and nourishing it from root to tip. The Daily Renewing Conditioner. This is a lightweight paraben-free conditioner that strengthens your hair from the fiber within, helping to repair and preserve that natural vitality. Reconstructing Mask, a paraben-free mask that intensively restores and preserves the natural inner structure and strength of the hair. And a leave-in conditioning spray, the paraben-free leave-in dual-phase spray that cares for and protects your hair from a day-to-day stress. Uh, This is the spray that I use on Kennedy when we talked about detangling hair a few weeks ago. So we like that leave-in conditioning spray. You can purchase the Elements line or any Wella Professional product at the 782 Ulta stores nationwide or purchase online at Ulta.com. All right. Well, thanks again. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Fast Lane Family. Fast Lane Family has been brought to you by Wella Professional Hair Care, multi-sensorial hair care products that you will see, touch, and sense the difference from your very first wash. Hair care needs from fine to normal to color to coarse, Wella's got you covered. Wella Professional Hair Care products are available at over 780 Ulta stores nationwide. Visit Ulta.com to find the store nearest you. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 